What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the New York Sports Minute. It is Friday, May 19th, and I am super excited for what we have in stock today. Because unlike most episodes, I'm not talking about the usual suspects like the Mets or the Yankees or the Rangers or the Knicks. I'm talking about something totally different this week. And that's because just a few days ago, I heard one of the most remarkable, amazing, inspiring stories that you're going to hear come out of the New York City area all year. And so for this week's episode, I sat down with Ryan Foley. Ryan is an average guy, young guy living in Connecticut, spent most of his life in New York City. And Ryan just completed the Out and Back project. Essentially, what it was is he spent two days biking 300 miles from New York City to Syracuse. And then he spent eight days running those same 300 miles back to New York City, averaging around 35 miles or more than a marathon every single day. And Ryan did this all as a part of a way to raise money for charity and specifically Feeding America, where because of the Out and Back Challenge, Ryan has now raised enough money to donate over 300,000 meals to the New York City area. And so it's just an awesome story. It was great getting to know Ryan. He walked me through why he did this, what the training was like, how he raised all this money, and just basically what inspired him to do such a crazy feat. And so I thought it was a great conversation, very inspiring. I feel like I should go for a run right now. And so with that, hope you guys enjoy the episode and hit the music. This is the New York Sports Minute with your host, Morgan Eck. All right, very excited to welcome to the show, Ryan Foley. Probably one of the cooler stories I've heard come out of the New York tri-state area in a while, and that is his out and back project. And so, Ryan, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you for having me. Um, good to be here. I'm good, man. Everything's great. Um, happy to be to be chatting with you. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I, you know, to get the listeners caught up. I went to college with with Ryan's brother Patrick. I've been following your story over the past few months, on and off on social media. And when I heard about what you were doing with the Out and Back Project, you know, Patrick and I agreed we had to get you on the show to share your story with all the New York listeners and just frankly listeners around the U.S. and hear what you're doing from, from your fitness journey. So I'm excited to have you on. I think you're going to be able to tell us a lot of really cool things that uh, are going to blow our minds. So I'm pumped to have you on the show. That's a high bar. Uh, <laughs> maybe we lower it a little bit. Um, fun to get into it. Yeah. So before we get into the Out and Back project, I would like for you, Ryan, to just quickly introduce yourself. Like, who are you as a person? What is your background? I think it'd be helpful for the listeners to, to kind of hear where you're coming from. Yeah. Ryan Foley. Uh, 32 years old, um, live in, live in Connecticut, um, kind of grew, grew up in Northern New Jersey, lived in New York for eight years after that. So always been, um, a Northeast guy, kind of New York centric guy grew up, you know, playing every sport under the sun, team sports, individual sports. Um, and so I've kind of been, you know, an athlete my whole life and, um, you know, sports have brought, um, you know, so many experiences and relationships into my life, you know, so I, I, I really have always been eternally grateful for 
you know, sports and the community and um, the ability to to challenge myself and all the stuff that that comes with it. <clears throat> um, I think in addition to that, you know, uh, athletics and challenges have also brought me amazing opportunities to, um, you know, to kind of bring awareness and some fundraising to some really cool causes. You know, over the past few years, have done some events, worked with charities, and you know, all these things kind of converging into, you know, really, really fulfilling uh, and enjoyable experiences. Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, the way I just, when I heard your story, it's you're the, the average guy who loves fitness, who loves sports and being active, but the out and back project is anything but average. And so could you just catch the listeners up on what you accomplished in April? You know, what was the actual journey and kind of what was the, the overall story behind the out and back project? Yeah, so the parameters of, you know, the project itself were, you know, biking 300 miles from Central Park, Manhattan, all the way to Syracuse, um, and then turning around and immediately running that 300 miles back all in under 10 days. And the run back included uh, stops at five uh, Feeding America food banks, starting with, you know, the turnaround point in Syracuse. So uh, the run back, you know, we hit five different individual food banks, you know, meeting the teams there, you know, helping with, with some tasks and trying to bring exposure to, to all those organizations, um, you know, all the while trying to, you know, capture action from the road and what we were doing to hopefully drive, you know, some, some fundraising to raise money for as many meals as possible, um, you know, working with Feeding America. So um, those were the, the parameters of it. I'm laughing to myself, Ryan, because you made that sound so casual. You're like, oh yeah, 300 miles in two days, 300 miles back in eight days. So let me just reiterate this, I think for the listeners. So in two days, you biked 150 miles per day, more or less from New York City to Syracuse. And then eight yeah. days, you come back and you on average run 37 miles per day, more than a marathon yeah. per day, back from Syracuse to New York. That is up there for one of the crazier athletic feats I've heard, especially from kind of an average person, right? And so I guess the first question I have for you, and I think probably the question a lot of people have asked you, what inspired you to do this in the first place? If I had answered in one word, I think it was just kind of curiosity about, you know, what would happen if I tried to go bigger and tried to go further. Um, I think another question in my mind was like, you know, um, in this kind of endurance sports, you know, physical challenge world, like and because of the, the the media world that we live in, because of social media, like you see people doing crazy things all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you want exposure to that via social media, like there's no shortage of finding people across the planet doing these things. And so, you know, I saw all these exciting things, all these awesome, inspiring things. And I always thought like, what's the difference between that person and me? You know, like, yeah. is that person just born with something different that maybe I don't have? Or is that person, you know, doing what they're doing just because they decided to start? And so I kind of had to find that out, right? The answer at the end of this could have been, you're just not built like that. Like, that's, you know, that's just not you. And that would have been fine. Um, but I just kind of had to, had to find out. 
yeah, it sounds like it was just this insane competitive drive, but it was competition with yourself. It wasn't competition with others. Yeah. It's not like someone had done this in 11 days and you said, well, I can do that in 10. It was totally yeah. competition with yourself. And I think you and I have talked about offline about how, as you get older and you get in more into your career, you want to direct your hobbies towards something with a little more meaning behind it, a little more goal mm-hmm. setting. Question I had was, what pick? What made you pick Syracuse? Why not do somewhere that was two or three days away? What kind of yeah. made you pick that route specifically? So the backtracking before the start. Um, so before, originally the the plan was actually for for something different. It was actually for something a little bit longer. Um, but I I sustained a pretty bad knee injury. Actually, I had to push the start date out, and so. Um, was kind of set up ready to go with like the original construct and hurt my knee, um, was kind of on the shelf for a while rehabbing it. And like, was pretty down in the dumps cause everything was queued up. Everything was ready to go. Um, and I was kind of faced with the decision of you can either scrap, scrap everything, like say I'll do it another day, or you can kind of adjust, um, you know, and kind of plow through the steps that you have to do to get to the start line. Um, so we kind of went back to the drawing board in terms of route, construct, all that, all that stuff. And, you know, I think doing something like New York centric, I think was exciting to me because that's mm-hmm. kind of where I grew up, where I lived, you know, where, you know, all my friends and, and family are. Um, it's also kind of where I fell in love with with running and biking and all this stuff. And I, you know, so many great memories, you know, running up the West side highway or running, you know, in central park um, with all my friends and kind of just like falling in love with the culture and all of it. So like the ability to kind of go all the way across New York and then come all the way and all the way back and start, you know, where we or end where we started, I think was, was really exciting to me because I kind of felt, you know, felt like home. Um, and in terms of the, the actual route itself, like why we turned around, where we turned around in Syracuse is that, you know, Syracuse, the, the Food Bank of Central New York that's located there mm-hmm. is a really big, important food bank for the state of New York. They have one of the highest youth poverty rates in the country in Syracuse. Um, and so we kind of teamed up with that, that food bank early on. And, you know, we thought it would be a great, great turnaround point. Yeah. So it's very, it was a very symbolic sort of symbolic for you. You kind of fell in love with fitness and your love of running in New York. It's where you're originally spent a lot of your time. And then also the symbolic nature of feeding America, sort of their hub for the state is out in Syracuse, you know, would be curious. You could have done this for any charity. I think any charity would have loved to be a part of your story and would have loved to, you know, have you help them raise money. Why specifically feeding Mm -hmm. America? Why is that such a passion for you? Why did you want to include them on this journey with you? There's so many exciting, interesting things happening in, you know, food technology, health, wellness, fitness, like all these things. Um, But I kind of think that a lot of, there's a lot of innovation and a lot of, you know, new products and companies emerging kind of at like the top 5% or not even the top 5%, like the top 1%, you know, kind of like socioeconomically speaking. And I think the foundation of all of that is kind of, you know, is nutrition, is access to clean food. And without access to clean food, um, like nothing else is really possible. 
um, from a health standpoint, right? So until we kind of get that problem, you know, in check, um, all this other stuff will kind of, you know, continue to widen the gap between who has access to a healthy lifestyle and who doesn't. And if you look at the trend of food insecurity in America, there was a massive kind of downward inflection after COVID, um, you know, food insecurity, you know, it kind of been improving, you know, to some extent. And then after COVID, like it got worse. And so mm -hmm. to me, this was kind of the most logical, important cause in terms of scale, right? Like bringing awareness to a cause that affects the most people. And, you know, they, they were great. They're, you know, we worked with all their different teams and the people there are phenomenal. So um, it was a blast. Well, I, one of the th things that I, I thought was cool too was you picked an organization and a charity where you're going to have like an immediate direct impact. Like obviously any yeah. organization would have been great to have a part of it, but certain charities, when you think about like, oh, I helped donate X hundred thousand dollars, you're not really sure where that's going to, how that'll actually impact yep. people. Whereas with Feeding America, I think I saw on your site that's like, was it $10? Every $10 donation is a meal or something in that range of like, it's pretty. You every, can see yeah, every, every one every $1 is 10 meals. And so $1 is 10 um, meals. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's a good point in terms of, um, you know, these organizations, right? Like you talk to them. I mean, we spent a lot of time with feeding America parent, like the overall organization and then the individual yep. food banks, which kind of operate as their own little businesses. And you, and you, you talk to them and they're, they're very well oiled machines. Like, you know, they're in, they look like big Costco's with, yeah. you know, um, like a lot of, you know, technology and, you know, very organized in terms of their operation. And you ask them, you know, what they need. And like the bottom line is they just, they need funding, right? Because they're all very good at their jobs. Their organization knows what to do. They kind of just need support, right? And so it's very comforting from, you know, it's very comforting from us, but also from people donating that there's a clear path of how these dollars are going to be used um, because they're being used by people who have been doing this a really long time, who have a really good strategy of, you know, stretching each dollar, you know, as far as possible. Would be curious getting back to the training though, you know, into the actual, the actual event, like maybe walk people through the training regimen that you had to go through leading yeah. up. I think so many people are familiar with training for a half marathon or a marathon and what that means. Yeah. But as someone who's done those, I haven't, you have, I certainly haven't. Um, walk us through what like the training was maybe it was it a year before. Did you start training years ago? Is it just a couple months? Yeah. What was that like? As soon as I figured out what I wanted to do, my approach was reach out to whoever the hell would talk to me who's done stuff like this because I had mm. no idea how to approach it. Um, and I think I at least had an awareness that something like this is very, very different from, you know, what I had, what I had done. Um, and there's a very specific kind of list of things that you have to prepare for. And so my approach from the onset was like, all right, who's done, you know, multi-day big events, um, who's done like crazy stuff how do I get to those people? 
Um, and I think wait, so you're saying uh, you're saying you couldn't just Google how do I run to Syracuse and back in eight days? There wasn't like a regimen no, or ChatGPT didn't give you something. You would not get a good answer. <laughs> you would not get it. Yeah, ChatGPT is not going to be helpful yet in this. Um, and that's I think another reason why like it's so exciting because it's so unique and it's so experiential and there's so you know statistically speaking like there's so few people who have done things like this that it makes it almost like this little mini community um but also because like that knowledge that information is like is going to come firsthand you know from a person who's who's done it right, right. that's kind of the only way to get it there's no manual um <clears throat> so my approach was like like who's run across the country um who's done you know 50 ironmans in 50 states in 50 days iron cowboy um who's done like all these crazy crazy things and um like how do i get in touch with these people so i literally just kind of you know cold called you know reached out dm'd whatever said hey i have this idea for for this thing can i pick your brain um and everybody was you know super helpful really insightful everyone had like different opinions on things and did things a different way you know probably spoke to you know 20 plus people um who were on teams of things like this or did them themselves um and ultimately teamed up with iron cowboy and his his team um who kind of set a training plan you know for it they helped me with logistics the route yep. all this stuff um so that was kind of how to how to get the approach in front of me. And then um, from that, it was just kind of executing every single day um, and understanding that it was going to be a very progressive, uh, steady build to where I needed to be. And yeah, just kind of patience and following the plan. Yeah, I mean, it. it I would imagine very quickly transformed into this goal I have this charity event that I'm running to mm-hmm. all of a sudden Mark Ganey, who's the chairman of Strava is now like a part of your team. And the iron cowboy is now a part of your team. It's just like very quickly turned into something that was pretty cool to something that is going to have like tangible impact. And I would imagine yeah. when it snowballed to that, you would, there was absolutely, unless you got hurt, there was no way you were going to be allowed to back out of that after that. Right. That's also like a great example of, um, like how things snowball, right. And how they kind of start with, you know, uh, an idea or something and it, and it, it doesn't have to be fully developed and polished for like good things to happen. I think one of the kind of pitfalls that, you know, I had a lot, but like one of the mistakes I probably made early on was thinking that it had to be like completely finished and completely mm um clear in order to like bring people on board and in order for you know uh, um people to want to help i've learned that you know if you have an idea and you have conviction in it and you're willing to listen to other people and you know uh ask questions and be enthusiastic and be earnest about your interactions like people are drawn to that type of mentality and to just kind of like big crazy weird things and so those conversations early on were great because you know i was new at this and all these people who had done things like this just kind of like 
were drawn to it. And it was really, it was like a pleasant surprise for me um, because they were like, yeah, when I started, like I had no clue, like I had no clue what to do. I know exactly right. where you are. And I'm sure a lot of those people you're now going to be close friends with and close mentors and, you know, peers with, cause they kind of helped you get through this. Um, that's awesome, man. So I, I want to transition from the prep to the actual <clears throat> event, right? So it was on <clears throat> April 14th of this year. So April 14th, 2023 is when you took off from New York city. The first piece of it obviously was the bike ride. So the two day bike ride to Syracuse, what was harder? Was the biking or the running? <clears throat> the running for sure. I was going to um, assume, yeah. Physically, like they were harder in different ways. Um, the bike, you know, was long days, roughly like a little longer than the average run day. Um, how long are we talking? Like how many hours is it? How, how long is a long bike day? I've, I've never rid a bike more than like, you know. Yeah. Feet, this, so. uh, each, each day was, was, um, was about 11 and a half hours, 11 or 11 and a half hours. With like how many breaks? Um, like how how often would you uh, ride versus like taking a quick break? Yeah, I, I tried to stop like quickly, you know, every 20, 25 miles or so um, to refuel and, and rehydrate. I was kind of at the mercy of whatever the rest stops were along the route. Um, but I tried to stop, you know, every 25 miles really quickly. Um, and then, you know, for like 45 to an hour for lunch in the middle of the day. So physically, you know, um, the bike, um, you know, was challenging, but it was more combating like what happens to your body when you're in that position for so long, right? Like when you're running, your whole body's moving and uh, things don't like stiffen up, things don't get as sore. Uh, but when you're on a bike in that position, you tend to like get stiff in your upper back, uh, my butt became a big issue. Yeah. I was going to say like that. I was, my biggest concern would be like the chafage. Like it's like getting that uh, yeah. post beach. I'm like, you might as well be in a yeah. wheelchair. It's so bad. Right. We'll keep, we'll keep it PG uh, <laughs> on this podcast, but let's just say like that area became a big issue. That's debilitating. Um, it, it, dude, it is. It sounds stupid. Um, but my, one piece of advice if i could give one on like going on a long bike excursion is like just get used to sitting in a seat for that long bring your you know bring your gold bonds uh <laughs> bring a cha bring a change of bike short like that that became difficult um and the like the pain in my butt from just sitting on a seat that long um was kind of an issue by the end of it i was just like i can't wait to get off the seat i can't wait to be upright um, like I'm never sitting again. Uh, and so, so yeah, that was challenging. And like most of the route, um, was along kind of what's called the empire state trail. It's like a really well, uh, documented and structured, you know, bike route that goes, you know, pretty much like to Chicago. Right. And it's marked, um, most of it's paved well, um, so it's good to see like New York state taxpayers money is going to something yeah. uh, that helps people move. Um, but some of like some of the path that was not as well paved with kind of like what you call spines in the pavement, little cracks, like every one of those cracks uh, when I hit it felt like, like a knife up uh, there. 
by the end of it. So I was like riding like with one cheek on one side, like one cheek on the other. I was like trying to stand up. Um, and so trying to do some of that stuff while like maintaining an acceptable speed kind of became challenging. I'm, I need to like recalibrate my mind a little bit because I keep picturing you just like biking on I-95 and you obviously weren't doing that. So like, what is this actual trail? Is it in the woods? Is it like going through backwards? No, what does that actually mean? No, it's, I mean, it's basically, um, you know, we say trail, like it's, it's paved, right? Like all of it's, all of it's paved. It basically just kind of hugs, you know, the highway. And when it Got hugs, it. like it's separated from the highway, you know, it's beautiful by the way, like, for anyone that wants to go on uh, like a beautiful bike trip, um, I would highly recommend it because it's it's very easy to follow. It's very safe. Um, you know, I passed a, bunk, a bunch of bikers, a bunch of people walking. Um, so, so, yeah, it's very easy to follow, which made gotcha. kind made of the easier. route logistics easier. Yeah. What were the like you know, did you have a lot of people with you biking at different points? Were you alone the whole time? Like, did people take turns sort of trying to like hang with you? What was that like? Like, or was it a lot of just alone by yourself? I was alone on the bike the whole time. Oh, wow. So you're, did like your yeah. family to say like, we're getting on a flight, we'll meet you in Syracuse in two days. Is that basically what it was? Basically. Yeah. The team and like, you know, they were like, we'll see you when you get here. Like, let us know if, uh, if there's any hiccups and anything, but like, we expect to see you this time, you know, on this day and like, just kind of get here. <laughs> what, uh, what do you listen to? Are you listening to like Harry Potter on tape or are you listening to so, your Spotify channel? <laughs> I tried to go like without anything for as long as I could. Um, just because like, I wanted to be present and I wanted to enjoy it. And it sounds weird, but like, I, I didn't really want the time to pass you know, as quickly as, right. you know, you might during like a race, just cause I was like, I'm out here, I'm doing this thing. Like it's finally happening. Like I'm in it. Like I want to be in it. And also the, like the route was so pretty um, that I kind of just wanted to, to be in it. But on the other side of it, like 11 hours is a long time, you know, so I would, I would throw on like some music, you know, some podcasts, but yeah, the bike, the bike, I was pretty much musicless for most yeah. of it i guess that's true like when i go for my two mile run in central park i'm like counting down the, the 20 the 20 minutes it takes me but um yeah. you're probably more like hey this is like i'm in nature i'm in this moment i want to remember it i don't yeah. want to be associating this with like katie perry like this is important <laughs> that i just live in this moment um yeah. so you do it for two days 11 hours a day where are you sleeping mm-hmm. when you're doing this uh i slept at hotels um, okay. there was two, you know, two hotel stops, like along the way, the first one was in Albany and obviously then like the second one, you know, I met the team <clears throat> where yeah. we were staying in Syracuse. So that first night was, was in Albany. Got it. Um, okay. Were there, were there any of, on the bike itself, were there any hiccups in those two days or did it go pretty much as more or less as planned? It pretty much went as planned. That's good. I would be. I'm like a direction idiot. And so I would have been paranoid the whole time. I was going to wind up in like Pittsburgh or just something totally random. Right. But I guess there's only one way to go on this bike trail. Yeah. Look, like as long as I was going West, like we're good. You're good. Um, Yeah. And you know, 
Yeah. Plus, I'd imagine your family probably had some type of tracking thing going on, right? I think it's on your website. We could follow you. So I would imagine like they were able to see how you're doing, kind of give you updates. I'm sure you could obviously update them too, but it seemed like you had a bunch of eyes on you as well beyond just, you know, your feel for where you were. God save, find my iPhone, uh, huh. or share your location. Cause I don't know how like people did this stuff or like families got through this stuff, um, without, you know, people knowing exactly where you're going to be. Like, you know, everyone had, you know, my, my location so they could see me yeah. going real time. I would also just kind of send like a mile marker with, you know, like a heart to my wife, every checkpoint, um, yep. just to, to let her know I was alive. So yeah, they were, they were That's fully funny. plugged into where I was, where I was. I'm sure. So, okay. So you bike 150 miles a day. Was it 150 both days or did you do one more or less? So yeah. 150, 150 both so 150 both days, you get to Syracuse, you're on time, you're feeling pretty good. Are you more confident now or are now you like every other human being just dreading the run, knowing this is going to be the worst run of all time? No, I mean, I had been in a bike seat for so long that I like, I could not wait to run and do something different. I was also just so happy and energized to see people because <laughs> um, yeah. it had just been like me and my thoughts for two days. Um, but it was just so great to see like the team there. Um, they were really excited. Like a lot of people had never met before. That was kind of the other That's thing. Cool. Like, you know, our, our crew chief, um, Pat was coming in from Canada. Um, I had never met him in person. We met over the internet. Like he had never met me. He had never met my brother. He had never met like the production crew like all these people were kind of like coming to meet, you know, to start this thing, um, which I thought was really cool. So it was really like, my energy was great. You know, I felt great. Uh, the only question in my mind was like, how are my legs going to feel when I start running? Because right. to this point, you know, I'd never biked that long and had to run after, I mean, I'd never biked that long period. And so what was going to happen when I tried to run after it? Like, who knows? There's part of my mind that was thinking like, what if you just get off the bike and you, you start to run and your legs are just like, Nope. Yeah. And you just cramp. And it's like this big, you know, we just started, here's the launch. And like, I fall, fall over cramping. Um, but as soon as, you know, we started kind of going like another wave of calm came over. Um, and it was just, uh, it was a really cool day. That's awesome. So you get, you get to Syracuse, my big, I keep saying my fear. Cause I'm really just basically comparing you to like the slightly overweight, you know, late twenties guy. But I just, have you ever had those runs where you like your first step and you're like, no, if this isn't happening. So like, yep, you, you know, so, so I'm like, oh man, if so, I was about to run eight days in a row, I'd be like, that'd be my biggest fear. So that was, that was pretty much every, yeah. I would say like day six through 10, like that was, that was every day pretty much um where I would start and I would just I would just say to myself like I don't I don't like this is not gonna happen today I don't know how we're gonna do this um and by those later days like eight nine ten I would start and I literally you know stopped after a few steps and I was just thinking like I don't know how I'm gonna how I'm gonna go this whole day because I can't I can't even get like you know, to the end of the block in front of me, but it's the same with those small runs that it is with the big runs is that, 
you you push through that moment where you're like, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's gonna happen, and then you just kind of like, you know, flow into it. Yeah. So you eight days back. I think we said around thirty seven ish miles per day. Did you try to keep it right around the thirty seven and a half miles per day? Did you have some days where you ran forty and other days you ran twenty five? Yeah. What was the sort of way you kept yourself on track? It it broke out to about thirty seven point five per day. Um, we fell behind one day. Um, we only did, you know, like, I think it was like 34 ish or something, maybe 33 one day and had to make it up the next day. Um, and that was day nine. And I assume you're going to ask like what the low point was and, and that was it. <clears throat> so I can just go in, into that. <laughs> um, yeah, so day eight, you know, we kind of, fell short on the mileage that we had to do. And so day nine, we were like, today's going to be a long day. We got to start much earlier. We're going to end later. Uh, the pace has gotten much, much slower. So like we're in for a long day. The temperature dropped to like in the morning, it was like in the mid forties. Uh, it was raining, it was overcast. It was just kind of like, like a gloomy day, right? Yeah. Like, like one of those days where you're just like, today's going to kind of like be a crappy day, you yeah. know, like we just got to get through it. And so it was cold. It was rainy. We knew it was going to be the longest day so far. You kind of fall into that, that trap of like, we're almost there. Like, you know, and once you decide that you're almost there, that like magically it's just going to go really fast and it's going to be easy. And that's like a big trap that I kind of felt on a very, on a smaller level, on a day-to-day -day basis where like I would get to mile 30 and I'd be like, oh, like, you know, we've only got, you know, like seven and a half to go, super yeah. easy. And then the clock would halt. And so I think that happened on like a larger scale with day nine. Um, and so we kind of like get through the day. We know that the last four miles of the day is going to be <clears throat> on this secluded trail. It's like wooded trail kind of pretty far removed from the highway. The RV can't get to the trail. So like there's no RV access, um, you know, for those four miles. Um, and we had been doing kind of five mile checkpoints. So we really wouldn't need it in theory, but just like the mental, like the peace of mind, knowing that if something goes wrong, that the RV is there, like help was helpful to me, especially at the later parts of yeah. the day. Um, so we have to do the last four miles of the day. Um, we're on this wooded trail. It's, it's raining. My brother, my buddy, Nick and I are about to start. Like vibes are very good. We're about to finish the day. Like, you know, tomorrow's the last day. Everything's great. Like, you know, we've got like beverages in, in hands. Like there's beers, like we got music. Like it's great. It's all good. We think we're going to have like this cheery little, little jog walk and finish the day and whatever. Um, we start going and then it starts thunderstorming. Um, pretty bad lightning, thunder, and we're like in the middle of the woods. My rain jacket had already been like soaked through, um, but I didn't really think anything of it. Uh, I start, you know, shivering pretty bad, got really cold and at probably like, you know, halfway through those four miles, like legs shut down, like pain got really bad, stuff seized up. And I was just like, 
I can't, like, I'm done. I can't do it. And they were like, well, it's longer to go back than it is to go forward. Uh, we're also in the middle of a storm. So like, we got to go. Yeah. Like I'd never had a, a panic attack before. I'm pretty sure like I had one or something close to it. Cause not only like did my body just give up, um, we were also like in the middle of the woods, right. In like the thunderstorm, I was probably close to hypothermic. And the only way out is like two miles forward and two miles to me sounded so far, like so far we got there, we finished. And I just kind of like lost it, like just kind of like collapsed sobbing. And so that was definitely the the low point. So your body was literally on E, like your mental capacity was on E, your body was on E. You're like, had this moment, like, why am I doing this? It just like, that was your breaking point. Yeah. And I think the other part was like, I made a a priority to myself to always like to never um, like lose my cool or snap at anyone or anything. One, because like, you know, these people like were on this trip for me, like they're all doing tasks like left and right all day, every day to help me succeed, to help us succeed. Um, And so for me to like, snap at someone is something that like I really didn't want to happen um and I knew how hard it was going to be to always be like to always be like you know effusively thankful and and positive and like all this stuff um but you know I tried to make that a priority like every single day I was like you're not going to snap ever no matter how exhausted or pissed off you are and I think I did a pretty good job of that like until day nine where I like, you know, I think I snapped at my brother or something. And, uh, you know, I also like felt so bad about doing that. And I just like felt so crappy. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm tired. Like I'm wrecked. I don't know if, like, I don't know if I can do tomorrow. Like I just snapped at my brother, like the vibes are terrible. Like no one's having a good time. Like I also, I wanted people to have a good time the whole time. Um, and we did, we had a blast. Um, and anytime we didn't, I'd always just be like, are you having fun? Like, are we having fun? And, uh, so yeah, that was definitely, that was, that was the low point for sure. And it was also like 1130 PM. Right. And we knew we had to start at 530 the next day. Well, um, I mean, the fact that you made it that far without snapping is, is pretty impressive. Right. I mean, just, that was, yeah. so you had, you made it this far. I'm sure your brother, like every other brother, didn't take it too seriously when you snapped at him. Probably did it about a million times and you guys were younger. So I'm sure I'm sure Patrick survived. <laughs> but you wake up, it's the last day. New York, you can probably see the, sky, the skyscrapers, right? Yeah. Like, what was that last day like? Was it sort of once you got going, kind of a celebration? Because you were like, I'm here. I can smell yeah. the, the New York piss on the sidewalk. Like, were you, were you yeah. starting? To- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think like, like I mentioned before, I tried to make it a point mentally not to celebrate anything. Um, and I think there's a difference between like celebrating and feeling like you're done and being present and enjoying the moment. Like I really wanted to soak in the last day. Uh, I want, I was okay with it being long because I knew what we were about to do. Um, but I, I, I try to be very careful about losing my focus and like yeah. thinking that we're done but yeah like waking up that day and us knowing that we were going to finish that day was uh 
was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, and I think we were all just kind of like ready to get into the city and like be around people um, and, um, you know, like soak in the energy of New York. And, uh, and yeah, just like knowing how close Central Park was um, or seemed was, was really energizing. Hey, well, it's always darkest before the dawn. It makes sense that you had your, you know, your, your toughest day before you finish. So you then finish, where did you actually finish up? Was it in Central Park again, or did you finish at one of the food banks? Same spot. Do you, uh, what was like the first moment you finally finished in Central Park? Like what was kind of that overwhelming feeling that you probably had? It was pretty amazing. I think the first thing that came into my mind was like, was the start really 10 days ago? Like, it's crazy that I left this point 10 days ago because it felt felt like I'd been gone for a month. Um, hmm. And so just kind of like rewinding my mind of everything that happened over those 10 days back to like pushing off on the 14th like not knowing what was going to happen um, was pretty surreal. Um, and for me, I kind of just like hugged everyone, you know, tried to say thank you to everyone because I know how much everyone gave to it. Um, and that like, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm not starting, I'm not getting through it. I'm not finishing like without any of the people that were there. So I just felt like really, grateful and humbled by the whole thing. Like I didn't really like know how to thank people enough. Um, and then, you know, I kind of just like sat on the curb, like a little bit away from everyone and just took like a few moments to myself um, to kind of just like absorb it all. And uh, yeah, I just like took some time for myself and uh, wrap my head around like what it meant, how I was supposed to feel. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot. That's amazing, man. Well, it's congratulations. It's I can, I'm already inspired, you know, just from hearing the story and the ups and the downs. What's next. Are you now just back to like your usual routine? Are you already thinking about what the next big event is? I'm thinking about being a dad. Um, that's like, the biggest challenge and the most fulfilling challenge of, of them all. Um, and so, you know, I think this whole thing is kind of tied into like, what type of example do I want to set for, you know, my son and um, the things that I want to teach him and, and all that. And um, just kind of want to like continue to live out, um, you know, the lessons that I hopefully can teach him. But in terms of like on the board right now, it's just, um, you know, getting ready, getting ready for baby boy, um, getting stronger and <clears throat> in shape again. Um, I, of course, have things written down that sound exciting to me, um, you know, that I do want to do. And I think um, I'm very focused and interested in, you know, the future of the Out and Back project and what it could be. and um, you know, how it's going to grow. Um, all of that is, you know, fairly in process right now. There's a lot of exciting ideas. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, there will be stuff coming and like, you know, all that there'll be, you know, more challenges. There's always going to be more challenges, but for now it's just kind of, um, you know, being a dad, getting strong and healthy again. Um, and, uh, 
and just, you know, enjoying everything. Yeah. I would imagine your wife would absolutely not let you like run to, you know, Pittsburgh, like in two weeks from now, she's probably like, all right, yeah. it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's You're right. The sun's over right. my turn. We have other things we got to worry about yeah. now, but, um, other question I want to ask you real quick is what was the final, like, I'm sure people are still donating. And if you haven't already, um, go to the out and back project website. Um, you guys also have a pretty big social media presence as well. So I'm sure there's donation links everywhere, but what was the final tally on the final money raised for, for the, for the food, for the, yeah, so it's just under 30 K. So that's, that's 300,000 meals for, you know, provided to, to people that need it. So it's, yeah, the scale of, of, you know, um, you know how the dollars are stretched is pretty amazing. And that's a testament to the organization. Um, the link to donate is, is still open. Uh, it'll stay open, you know, for, for a while. Um, yeah. How do people find, and, how do people uh, find that in yeah. your story? Yeah. The, um, the, the website, www.outandbackproject.com uh, has a button to donate. Uh, the Instagram page at outandback.project um, has the link in it as well. And that's where, you know, all, you know, uh, announcements, updates, anything that, that we're doing, um, you know, with the effort is going to be pushed through. So those two spots, you can find it. Um, and, you know, any donation, a dollar, $10, $100, whatever, uh, makes a huge difference. So um, thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Ryan, listen, dude, I loved your story. Awesome hearing seemingly normal people do extraordinary things. And I think this is the Onback project is obviously one thing and hopefully you inspire others to, to get off their butt and go, go hit some of their fitness goals. And I would also say probably follow you on Strava. I would imagine the Strava journey is probably pretty wild. Like opening up your phone to see someone ran 40 miles is pretty funny. It makes yep. you feel you yep. know, like I can, I can do one more mile today, but Great yep. app, by the way, if you free shout out to Strava, amazing social media app True. for people who like running with their friends. It, it lets you track there. Yep. But, um, Ryan, pleasure meeting you. Pleasure sharing your story. Um, and just all in all, really cool, really cool story on the Out and Back Project. So thank you again for coming yeah. on the show. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you for having me. All right. It was great having Ryan on the show. Awesome dude. Very inspiring story. More of the story is get off your butt. Go for a run. Go for a bike ride in Central Park. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. I know we all had these New Year's resolutions to be more active. And so come on, rekindle those, dust it off, get off your butt and go do something. More importantly, go visit Ryan's page, the Out and Back Project. Remember, $10 gets 100 meals through Feeding America. $10. We're all going to spend like $100 in the bar this weekend watching the Celtics play the Heat. So go to his page, follow him on Instagram, donate to Feeding America, do something good. Um, quick PSA. I will also be out next week. I'm going to be on vacation. So there's not going to be an episode next week. I know I'm sorry, but there will be an episode the following week where I'm interviewing a friend of mine who got drafted by the MLB. He played for the New York Mets and now he's a VP at a tech company. And so we talk about that and what it's like being a, a major league ball player and then transitioning into normal corporate life. So I think you guys are going to enjoy that one. And with that, have a great weekend. Have a great week next week, and we will talk to you on the following Friday.